Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Spark Pride Podcast, Fans First Sports Network, Jonathan Shop with you today, previewing Michigan State 2023 season and the opening game with Central Michigan Friday night. Are you ready? <laughs> How about that little tune, huh? A lot of people like that tune. It sounds like something that gets you ready for football. It sounds like something that gets you ready for battle. And that's what's happening finally, Friday night couple minutes after seven, Spartans hosting Central Michigan and Jim McElwain getting the season rolling. Finally, September 1st. Here we go. For those of you familiar with my work for many years, you've got an idea of what it can look like, what it can sound like. Probably going to be very similar. So we're going to do a little season preview today, talk about a couple things on the offense, defense, special teams, intangibles. We're going to talk about one-on-ones, coaching, and an outlook overall. We're going to do the same thing for the Central Michigan game, which is always interesting. There's always an inherent schism when you've got a directional school from Michigan playing one of the two big schools of the state. Always has been, always will be. Season's kicking off. Here we go. Spartan Pride Podcast, Fans First Sports Network. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. We talked in our Big Ten preview about Michigan State a little bit and a high-low, if you will, for what they could win and what they could not. But it's going to start with an interesting game because Central Michigan has a very familiar face to a lot of folks in the state of Michigan and a lot of folks in Michigan State. Jim McElwain 
made his way in a coaching career that started out west to Louisville in Y2K, and then he came with John L. Smith, a really key figure and a pretty upcoming coach, came with John L. Smith and was at Michigan State from 2003 to 2005 before leaving for the Oakland Raiders. This is old history, and you may know it already, and it may not even come up, but one of the reasons that John L. Smith felt he couldn't get some of the cold, some of the assistance he wanted was he didn't have the backing. I think McIlwain was one that decided time was right to go to the NFL. It wouldn't last long. He would be back in college a year after. He works his way through the West, back east to Alabama, where he was an offensive coordinator and quarterback coach for Nick Saban. He was on the staff, I believe, when Alabama beat Michigan State in the Citrus Bowl. And that off to Colorado State to start a pretty successful head coaching career that got him from Colorado State to Florida. Then things went kind of sideways and south. He gets fired from Florida. Ends up coming back to the state, ends up working at Michigan, which is ironic because there was a point in time where it looked like Jim McElwain might come back to Michigan State as an assistant or possibly a head coaching candidate. But he goes for Michigan a little bit north, a little bit west. He's been at Central for a while now. This is his fifth season, 24 and 21 at Central. 68 and 48 overall. Some of you saw some action last year, and you know there's a couple of familiar names uh, on the Chips roster. And I remember one game last year, late in the year, where it was a massive festival of snow. That was pretty fun to watch. When we're looking at this one, it's more about what Michigan State does than what Central does. When I talk about one-on-ones, there's really not a fair comparison, it's very possible and likely that Central has guys that can compete with Michigan State, win some plays here and there, but over the course of a game, a roster 105 deep and a playing roster, you know, somewhere maybe in the 40s or 50s, depending on how many guys see time, uh, Michigan State should have the advantage one-on-one. That's something that I would be looking for early in this game. What do the Spartans look like physically? They've got to be bigger at the point of attack, more dominant at the point of attack, and deeper. Um, It's going to be hard to tell about depth in this one because you're facing an opponent that's not really a fair fight. This is not a Big Ten opponent. They're not sitting in the Big Ten East. A game like this, one-on-ones, you can pretty much scratch. You should be able to scratch pretty quickly off to Michigan State. Coaching-wise, though, it's interesting. It is interesting. Jim McElwain appears to be a better head coach than he was. You know, he zoomed on the way up pretty quick, and then things went really strange. Uh, He was very bothered by a comparison to a guy that had caught a fish and wrestled a fish and got into a big hubbub with the, the media in Gainesville about that, and then he did some blasting of the facilities and support that Florida had, and then he was gone. But he is a good football coach, and he knows Michigan State well. He knows some of the figures around Michigan State real well, and he presents a pretty good challenge for Mel Tucker. This is not a make-or-break year for Mel Tucker, but it is one notch below that. 
one notch below a make or break year. We're going to talk about that next. So we preview in the season, preview in Central Michigan on the Spartan Pride podcast. Earlier this summer, Mel Tucker explained that all of his assistants are in the final year of their deal, except as coordinators. And he basically said, you know, I'm coaching for my job too. Not in a way like my job is on the line right now, but in a reality check of at major college football in year four, that, that, that's kind of where it is. I don't think there's any question that Michigan State, the powers that be, the movers and shakers around Michigan State, Michigan State football, they're not afraid to make any move at any time they see fit. So if that meant extending Mel Tucker way out into the future, they did that. If that meant um, making a change the other way, I don't think they would hesitate to do that either. So I wouldn't even worry about that. What I would worry about is what is Mel Tucker as a head coach? We don't really, really know. You know, he's still a lot earlier in his head coaching career than most people think. In reality, I would kind of combine 2019 and 2020 into one because 2020, not really, you can't really make much of that. 2020, uh, 2021, of course, stands alone. 2022 does as well. So Mel Tucker's in his fourth year at Michigan State, technically his fifth year as a head coach, but in reality, you know, it's, it's more kind of like his fourth. Um, it's not a make or break year, but it is right on the edge of that. If this year doesn't go well, and he would be back for another year, it would be a make or break year. It's bigger than Mel Tucker's time at Michigan State. I think this is a key year for him as a head coach. There are mistakes that he made in 2020 that should not be repeated in 2023 and really should not be tolerated. Those mistakes specifically have to do with some of the kind of mistakes Nick Saban made in his early years. You can go back to the Rutgers game, uh, third down calls late in that game, literally his first game as Michigan State head coach and see them. And you could see some mistakes that were made late last year as Michigan State missed a bowl game that can't be made again. I think Mel Tucker knows that. It's going to be interesting to see what he can do. And it's going to be interesting to see what kind of start the Spartans get off to as we uh, move pretty quickly into looking at the month of September. Tucker's got the assistance he wants. There are new names again. There are assistants that were just here for a year. There are assistants that are coming back for the fourth year that some people might scratch ahead at. It's going to be exciting to see what they've got because we don't know. The people out there that doubt Mel Tucker and say he's overrated or gets too much attention, well, you're paying attention to him, and I'm not sure your rating of him. He's 23 and 21 as a head coach, still a pretty young head coach. If things go well for Mel Tucker, his last year as a young coach was 2022. This starts a new phase of his career as a head football coach at the college level. Offensively, let's take a look at Michigan State. This is the Big Ten East. If you're new to school or you're new to this area, it now starts up front. Mel Tucker knew that when he got to Michigan State. I wrote about it extensively during my time at Spartan Nation and especially at the end of the Mark D'Antonio era, I believe Michigan State has a commitment to compete up front on the offensive side of the ball. And the single biggest difference between 
2022 and 2023, if things go well, is going to be the play of the offensive line. Look for that in September. Look for that Friday night to see how Michigan State does against a team that they should wear out in the third and fourth quarter. The quarterback situation, I believe, will resolve itself. Michigan State looks in pretty good shape there with extreme talent, really good physical capabilities, and guys that know the playbook well enough to do some damage. I'm most interested in what happens up front and what happens in the backfield. I'm interested if a guy like Jordan Simmons has earned any time, earned any reps, and I'm interested in seeing who are the two or three backs Michigan State is going to play. Is it going to be Jaron Mangum? Is it going to be a refined burger? Out wide, some changes happen. Elante Brown is the guy. Elante Brown is the guy to keep your eyes on. Defensively, Michigan State, again, in the East, it does start up front. There are games on their schedule that they can win without much on the defensive line, but there are no big games on their schedule that they can win without outstanding performance by the defensive line. The defensive line is going to have their hands full in a number of games, and since we're doing a season preview and tying in this Central Michigan preview with it, we're going to talk about that next. I hope I have your attention. I hope you are ready to go at 7 o'clock on Friday night. Spark Pride Podcast. Fans first. Sports Network. Scotty Hazleton's defense has been interesting because when they've been good, they've kept teams to a low point total. And when they've been bad, the door's been wide open. And there hasn't been a whole lot of consistency in the roster. There should be more consistency this year. The key is up front. Games with Washington, Maryland, Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio State, and Penn State are going to test the Spartan defensive line. As you know, they went shopping in the offseason, and let's see what kind of goods they came up with. One of the key additions, Adelaide from Texas A&M, a former five-star for all you guys and gals that are so fired up about those star rankings before anybody's played it down. Over the years, those rankings have been somewhat valuable. I do think the the distinguishing feature of the five-star is that you've got somebody who's coming in with physical measurables of a certain level. Beyond that, when you're talking about a five-star, I wouldn't put much value in it, but I would put a great value in the Spartans' out-of-season conditioning program. And I want your eyes to focus more on the defensive line than they do anywhere else. Yes, Michigan State has a new look in the backfield. Harlan Barnett is back again, of course. But from the NFL comes a key addition in Jim Salgado. Mel Tucker essentially fired himself as the cornerback coach, if you will. Uh, Michigan State is deeper at cornerbacks, and we're looking for immediate improvement at the cornerbacks. But I would key your eyes in on the defensive line and see who's in and see what they look like through September. Special teams always matters at Michigan State. It always will. There's arguably no school in the country that has more of a focus in history kicking than Michigan State. Both of the season awards in the Big Ten are named after Spartans. And the tradition of sending the best players out on special teams is one to keep an eye out for early. Also keep an eye on 
young guys breaking in, maybe their first action after redshirting or their first action as a true freshman, I expect to see some guys on special teams that are going to work their way in. I think the key for special teams this year is to, first of all, do no harm. There was harm done in field goal miss that would have got Michigan State to a bowl game last year that maybe wasn't all the kicker's fault. I think there are more eyes and will be more eyes on Ross L, special teams coordinator. Special teams haven't been great under Mel Tucker yet. This is a traditional area of focus and strength when Michigan State football is at its best. Special teams is going to need to do more this year and there will be a focus on it. Let's talk about the intangibles for this team. It's been a roller coaster for Mel Tucker since since he started here. He came in under very strange circumstances. I don't think are fully understood yet, and that's someone else's story for another day. He loses a game at Rutgers to start that he should have won. The final game of 2020, you've got to remember, was with Maryland. It got canceled twice for the virus. 2021, no one expects a thing. The first play of the year is a Ken Walker touchdown to the house against Northwestern. A lot of things go Michigan State's way. They end up uh, with an 11-2 record, high-ranking Peach Bowl win, actually ranking as high as eighth in the country. A lot of eyes and a lot of hype for 2022, and not a lot of good. We all underestimated the value of the injuries, especially to Darius Snow and, of course, to Xavier Henderson. Those hurt a lot more than we realized at the time. Michigan State didn't have answers for it. Michigan State didn't make a bowl game. Now, that used to be a big deal. I know Mark D'Antonio really put his hat on the fact that Michigan State qualified for a bowl game so often. That was so critical, especially I remember in the first year. Such a big deal. Well, it's not really anymore. We've seen major programs miss bowl games and bounce back the next year and fly high. That's what Michigan State's looking to do this year. So when you talk about intangibles for this season and this week, they ought to be full for Michigan State football. You got assistants in their contract year coaching for their job. You got a head coach who knows the temperature out there, realizes his career is set somewhat of a crossroads here. It's most likely going to go one direction or the other from here for Mel Tucker as a head football coach. And you've got players, some of who went places, didn't work out, others who have come here to uh, try to put their own marker in the sand. This is the time to go. You should not see anything less than a completely inspired football team for a full 60 minutes on Sat on Friday night, rather, and one that gets back to work on Saturday. So my outlook for this game this week is you ought to see Michigan State looking a lot more like 2021 than they did 2022. I'm not in the prediction business, for God's sake. There's a whole lot of that out there. Uh, but I would look for Michigan State to win probably by three scores, somewhere between two and three scores. And if it were a lot more than that, it would not surprise me. Let's talk about the Spartans' 2023 schedule in a little more detail as we get you ready for week one. Friday night, 7 o'clock, FS1. But first, let's finish up the Spartan Pride podcast.
The start of a season is always fun. You know, you've got the opportunity for everything. So the way I look at the Spartan schedule, and we talked about it a little bit in the Big Ten preview, is they can get off to a big start. Assuming they take care of Central and Richmond, you've got that big Washington game. Washington's already held a significant injury. If Michigan State beats Washington, you've got a real possibility to be undefeated all the way through September. Now, going to Iowa City is never easy. There's a lot of issues at Iowa as far as off the field with players disrupting the program, getting unfortunately involved in gambling and suspended, and who else knows what's going on there. And, of course, the offense, the weird scrutiny that Brian Ferentz is under there. By September 30th at Iowa City, we don't know what's going to be what. Okay? But if Michigan State beats Washington, you've got momentum going. You're going to look at a, a ball club that's got a chance to really run the table to their bye week, which is on October 7th. So Michigan State's got Central, Richmond, Washington, Maryland, Iowa. Things go great for Michigan State. They're 5-0. Rutgers out of a bye is okay. There's there's nothing wrong there. There's honestly nothing wrong with Rutgers on your schedule at this point. If there is, you're in trouble. Michigan at Minnesota. Look out for that one. Nebraska... I'm not sure what Nebraska is going to be by then. They've obviously got a major disruption right now in their team. And if Nebraska did very, very well this year and overachieved, it wouldn't surprise me. If they also nearly tanked, that wouldn't surprise me either. Matt Rule's got to readjust to the college game, and I'm not sure how many guys on the Nebraska roster are going to be with him or fighting against him. And I don't think the college game is the same as it was when Matt Rule left. So he's got his hands full. The back end of the schedule is not easy at Ohio State, at Indiana, and then hosting Penn State on Black Friday at Ford Field. That's going to be pretty cool. So when you look at this season, I see a couple of massive forks in the road. The Washington game is the first one. If that does not go well for Michigan State, Maryland is going to be real difficult at home. Iowa gets difficult. Michigan, Minnesota, Nebraska, Ohio State, and Penn State all get difficult. To me, last season really turned in a bad way for Michigan State. First with the injuries, but then after the fumble, right after um, really the fumble down by the goal line at Washington. You know, a lot of folks think Michigan State laid an egg at Washington last year. I am one of those. It looked like they pressed. It's a game they had a chance to get back into and, and steal. They didn't. It went south from there. There's redemption on the line on September 16th at 5 p.m. on Peacock. If the Spartans win that one, I think you're looking at a football team that's going to have a chance, a legitimate chance to win in the double digits once again. If things unravel and they lose at Washington, you could be looking at potentially a two and three month of September. If that happens, we're going to have some different conversations on October 1st. That's just the reality of major college football in 2023. You never know what's going to happen at the start of the season. I got a pretty good idea of what's going to happen this year. We'll talk more about them each week. 
We'll talk about them after each game. Heck, we may even talk about them during the game. That's one of the cool things about the Fans First Sports Network. But I hope you're feeling ready. I hope you're feeling jacked. And I hope you appreciate what we're doing here. We're not giving you some butter up. We're not sugarcoating it. Trying to give it to you straight. Tell you what I think, why I think it, and give you some insight that you're not necessarily going to see in print or hear out loud for a lot of reasons. You can figure those reasons out. I've got an idea of what some of those reasons are. But if you're looking at this schedule, I want you to put a star on the Washington game. I want you to put a star on the Minnesota game. And I want you to stay here to the Spartan Pride podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. I will talk to you soon.